Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Gil and Brenda Stewart here with Restored and Remarried, and we are so delighted for you to be with us today. Um, also, we are here to remember to do tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. You can't forget those tingles. Yeah, which kind of tingles are we going to have today? Uh, well, we may have some raw tingles for you because we're going to talk about a little bit of a tougher issue, uh, and, and, and actually our guests today, we're going to give them an alias because... Honestly, you guys, what we have to talk today about is is uh, not just being a leave in a divorce, but a leave-or. And so uh, the couple that we have today, we're going to actually give them the alias name of Steve and Leslie. And uh, so we're going to kind of talk to a couple who are actually um, in relationships and marriages, and, and they, they were the ones that chose to leave. So can we define a leave and a leave-or first? Because I always get those confused. So go ahead. What's a leave-or? <laughs> I just said I'm the one that's confused. Well, in confusion is a good place. So what okay, do you think? So, well, in our situation, our first spouse has left us. So that so would make us... leave And they are the leave or So this couple we're talking to were the couple that chose to be the leave ors Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and nobody so, ever wants to talk to them. No, because it's raw. Yeah. It's raw. So we're stating the obvious that something that's really difficult to talk about is, is going to actually get discussed. So I think if you are listening in today and you are a leave-or, you're going to want to stay tuned to this because we want you to hear a message of hope. We want you to hear a message of, yeah, even though I screwed up, I made a choice. And maybe you made that choice because the leave had something to do with it. Maybe they weren't upholding the end of their you know, end of the stick. Well, I think in any marriage, no matter what happens, you're both responsible at some level. And yes, a leave-or listening today is going to get a lot out of this, but I think the leavees are going to get a lot out of this also. Okay. So let's dive in. Yeah, so why don't you introduce Steve and Leslie? We have Steve and Leslie. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. And your bravery to speak up and state some stuff that really is tough stuff and, and for the, the, the vulnerability to talk about things that are, that are hard. So I think the first question that I kind of want to open up and just give you guys a chance to maybe tell your story a little bit uh, with the concept of when was it when you sensed God's grace in the leaving? Take it away. I think for me, it wasn't something that I experienced right away. I think experiencing God's grace, or maybe I should say rediscovering God's grace, mm. came some three or four years after uh, I had left. And uh, it, it was a process. It was a process through those years of trying to uh, find things and, and relationships and entered the dating world to try to uh, capture what I had not experienced or what I felt I had missed in my, my first marriage. Mm. And 
and I, and I have to just you know just honestly say that it it was ugly at times because it was as I look back now, you know that post that grace, uh, mm-hmm. post grace experience, um, I can see where I just really made a mess of um, in that I did not really trust the Lord like I needed to. I, I you might say that I had just lapsed into a kind of a carnal, fleshly, worldly mm-hmm. approach uh, mm-hmm. to relationships while still trying to maintain, you know, a Christian walk, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. How long was your first marriage? Uh, first marriage uh, lasted um, 20, 29 years. 29 years, mm-hmm. wow. So when you chose to step away from that, that was surprising to you surprising to everyone and in light of what you did because if i understand you were a pastor at the time yeah yeah i well i was in ministry but i had uh some uh five six years before the divorce i had resigned from from a pastoral um position in a church and uh entered another career and I knew at that time that I, I wasn't happy. I felt like I needed to make a life change, a career change. And my marriage had started to erode. There was no question mm. about it. But yeah, I mean, that having all of that history with, yeah. with my first partner and then having four children and starting then to have grandchildren, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was, there was a lot to weigh and a lot, of, uh, a lot that I would be losing. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, Steve, because the reason I asked that particular question uh, for the benefit of our listeners is the fact that even though you might be in the Christian lifestyle does not mean that you are exempt from difficulties and or decisions. Uh, because, you know, we, we recognize that a lot of people that listen to this this podcast, some of them are Christians and some of them are not. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that you're bulletproof just because you have, you know, the little C on your chest that says you're a Christian. That's so true. Uh, so it's kind of like, ah, uh, so let's just kind of get raw with that. So thank thank you for, for sharing mm-hmm. that. So what do you got next, Brenda? So Leslie, what you got? <laughs> What's your story? Um, well, it's, it's um, similar in a lot of ways. To, to Steve's, but I, I, uh, my ex-husband and I too, we, we were pastors, we were in the ministry and we'd been married 29 years mm. and, um, mm. had four children. Um, but I had, um, I had stepped into an affair that I had never anticipated, never looked for. And once I, once I did, it was a terrible trap that I just could not seem to get out of. And so I, I would repent and break it off and then get back together, then repent and break it off. It was a horrible, horrible thing. So by the time that I chose to leave, I felt, uh, I honestly felt like since I, I can't seem to break this off, Mm -hmm. then the right thing to do. I honestly felt this way because I, I was walking closely with the Lord when all this happened. So, um, I felt like, so the right thing to do, since I can't break it off, is the right thing to do is to, to, I made my bed. Now I have to lie in it, so Mm, to speak. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to see it through. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to just leave with this 
man and marry him and start a whole new life. And mm-hmm. so even in that, I mean, what a sick, twisted lie that was. Mm. But um, even in that, I was thinking, okay, is this something that, that God has a new thing for me? Mm. I mean, it, it was a devastating, mm. uh, devastating wrong decision. Um, but the whole time when we talk about God's grace, I could feel him with me constantly because you know when when God is trying to draw you back in there's always that struggle because there's the the fleshly part and I'm and I'm thinking that this is um you know the spirit maybe leading me because I can't seem to break it off so I mean it's it's just an insidious Mm -hmm. confusion Mm -hmm. and so but because of grace there's a struggle if there was no grace if there was no God involved there would be no struggle Mm -hmm. I could have I could have left and never looked back and you know but because of grace there was a struggle mm-hmm. and i mean i there was a struggle i was i was sick i couldn't sleep it was just a constant struggle and so that i see as god's grace wow wow um with that thought of the levies and addressing them specifically the, the point of the Levy's contribution, if you want to put it that way, of their neglect. I mean, there was something obviously that you might have been looking for. Like you said, uh, Leslie, you were kind of pulled away due to temptation. It was like break and come back, break and come back. But I guess what I want you guys to speak to individually is, is to couples who are possibly in the middle of an affair, possibly contemplating it. What is it that they need from that current spouse? Is there, if there's, like you said before, if you seek all possible, Steve, seek all possible avenues, what would you say to somebody in that situation? How could they reach out to potentially the leave, the leave E? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because the less, the leave or is, is in this place. Well, I don't think they're going to reach out unless their heart there's been a heart change. Mm-hmm. I don't think unless there's this willingness for the for the sake of that relationship mm-hmm. to to want to save it. I mean, there has to be that will mm-hmm. to want to save it. Uh, my first uh, wife and I came to a point where she definitely saw that there could be rec- reconciliation. We went through counseling. We 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 went through several weeks of of interaction with the counselor you know and that kind of i think in a way um maybe answers that question is Mm -hmm. you need to have someone uh who is helping you communicate with your partner Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because until you do you're just going to shut down and one of the things that characterized that marriage for so many years was the lack of communication okay was the lack of really listening we never really knew how to resolve conflict we just walked away from each other uh, thinking that well we were in ministry and god's favor and blessings upon us so naively you know that part of the equation equaled or that equation equaled you know somehow magically everything is going to resolve itself well it never did because yeah. we we didn't take those steps early in our marriage further disconnection exactly mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah anything you want to throw in there Leslie? well um <clears throat> For me, you know, with in in my marriage, I could I could point fingers like any like any couple could, <laughs> you know. I mean, he, uh, my ex husband had had battled pornography, and you know, he was uh, bipolar. I mean, I could 
I can say that, but we didn't have the communication difficulties that that Steve was talking about. We we communicated, but what we didn't have was respect for each other. That had mm. gone that had gone by the wayside um, early on mm. in our marriage. Probably the first time that I caught him with pornography, my respect for him was gone, and to to um, make himself feel better, he would put me down. So for 29 years of marriage, I felt um, put down and criticized wow. constantly. Mm. And so, although, like I said, I, 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 I went, there was no temptation for an affair, but when this happened, because I wasn't looking, but when this happened, there was this person just saying how wonderful I was and showing me so much respect and, and all of these things that I had never heard and yeah. building me up and believing in me. Wow. That was something that he was feeling that yeah. I hadn't had before. Yeah. Granted, I don't, that is not an excuse, but, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's the only thing that I can look at. I, again, I really appreciate your guys's candor on this because, um, couples, have strengths and those strengths, if not protected, can actually become a weakness. So I, I want to just reemphasize for the listener, this was an issue of the will for Steve's case and respect in Leslie's case. And here we are at that place of, you know, um, having an opportunity for transformation maybe afterwards, but in the middle of it all, there was a chance, but there was not respect. There was not a will. And so I, I find that really, uh, the place of tours like, okay, I, you know, I give up, I go. So, yeah. okay. Good, good conversation. Uh, next question I have for you guys is, uh, as we refer to our divorces as the great train wreck, uh, how did your kids react to your initial train wreck? Well, you, you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Um, mine was definitely a train wreck because I literally left. I literally ran away with another man. My ex-husband and I were pastoring. My kids were all grown and in ministry as well. I, they had already left the home. And um, I, I just left. And so my kids all got a call from their dad saying, your mom just ran off with another man. Mm. I mean, they were, they were in shock and um, devastated and they all, you know, started calling, trying to call me and I wasn't answering any calls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I would listen to voicemails that they would leave in there. Mm sobbing and screaming mm. and it's breaking my heart and yeah. I'm sobbing and screaming and I don't know what to do here I am on the road and I want to turn around I don't know what to do mm. um so my kids it was it was it was the most difficult thing in my life yeah. they um they completely cut me off and um you know that of course included not seeing not seeing them not not seeing my grandkids um I would try uh, to call, like my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter would call me and scold me, don't you talk to her, you leave her alone. And, um, you know, so because of the kids, uh, I tried several times to reconcile mm -hmm. with their dad. We went, in, we went in for some intensive counseling and, um, and even then, my, my kids would not 
speak to me. You know, they'd, yeah. they'd call and they'd talk to their dad and they didn't trust me. Um, so it, it was it was about a year of... Wow. Um, I, I wow. would try to call them and they'd hang up on me or, you know, I'd watch Facebook and that's the only way that I could see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I finally... Uh, one day I, gr- I grabbed my sister and we got in the car and I said, my daughters aren't answering the phone so I'm just going to show up on the doorstep and so drove yeah. drove seven hours to their house not knowing how they would respond um, and that's a whole nother part of the story so I don't know if you hear that yeah. Yeah. so Steve how did your kids react well unlike Leslie's experience it was more gradual <clears throat> with, with, with my kids um, I took the initiative uh, to gather all my children together and uh, along with my my first wife, and we sat down together, and we just basically I just began to explain to them that their parents' marriage was in trouble, mm-hmm. and that we were seeking help. And this came uh, right on the heels of an eight week affair that I had I had had, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, and I that was discovered, and so I had to make a choice: am I just going to you know, walk away or am I going to try to do something? So thankfully I hadn't gone completely insane at that <laughs> point. And I had the, the, the presence of mind and the wherewithal to gather the children together and just begin without going into a lot of details to say, we need your prayers. We need your support because mm-hmm. we're, we're really at a crossroads here. And, and then we, you know, we, we prayed together and then, started the the process of the counseling and the trying to reconcile and that sort of thing um and i can't say that once the kids you know once my children knew uh what was going on and 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 i think to a large part because i kept them in the loop um that there was there wasn't a a shock uh, mm-hmm. response on their part when it came you know the news came months later saying mm-hmm. that i was you know we're yeah. separating. Yeah. And we don't know where this is eventually going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the hardest, I had three sons and a daughter, and I think the child that took it the hardest was my daughter. Sure. You know, understandably. Yeah. And, um, and I knew with some counseling, I knew I needed, first of all, to try to mm-hmm. at some point begin reaching out to her. Yeah. Which, which I did. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too that all your kids were adults when this happened. Yeah, you know, in different different scenarios of communication. So, um, how has it looked like for you to rebuild relationship? Because you guys have been married four or five years, five years now. So, how has that whole rebuilding looked like? Um, well, it's interesting that you pointed out that our, our kids were adults because I think maybe subconsciously um, for both of us when we left that we thought, you know, our kids are grown and they're taken care of, so it's not going to be that hard on them. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is a, a horrible lie. I think it might even be more difficult for adult kids to watch their their family just dissolve mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and my kids have said several times now, we don't have one home now to go home to for Christmas or to bring our kids to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was devastating for adult children. But, um, as far as rebuilding, that has taken, that has taken a lot of baby steps and it definitely didn't happen the way that we 
thought, you know, when we... The way we wanted it to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when we fell in love, got married, we thought, okay, we are this united team and we're going to, your kids are going to have to accept me and my kids are going to have to accept you and, we're, you know, everything we do, we're going to do together, you know. Have to? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get to, get to. Yeah. Um, but we have discovered our kids kind of call the shots and this is the first time in our parenting I think yeah. that we're letting the kids call the shots as adults yeah. as adults and so uh one of the things shortly after we were married um my daughter was having her third child and I had always been there for my for my kids mm-hmm. giving birth and I was not welcome mm. and that crushed me Ooh. and um so then after the baby was born the same the same day or the day after the baby was born she contacted me and she said, you're welcome to come and see the baby, but Steve can't. Mm. And, you know, so right there we had to make a choice. So are we going to do this, this unified front that we had planned or, or you know, I want to go see yeah. my, my your baby. grandchild. That's yeah, right. sure. And so that was probably the first step that we realized, you know, we're going to have to do it their way. Yeah. And so that was one of many baby steps where now, um, you know, we we continued, we would text, we would send cards, we would call, and, mm-hmm. and most of the times we would not get a response. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they would say, okay, mom, you can come, but Steve can't. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, dad, we'd like to see you, but not with Leslie. So we mm-hmm. we would have to mm-hmm. go along with that. that yeah. And yeah. I think that was the wisest thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. So now... Especially mm-hmm. for my kids, mm-hmm. they're accepting Steve now as yeah. you know and mm-hmm. loving him, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. So wow. this <laughs> takes, time. Takes, yeah. time. It takes time, takes time, and it and in a space can... of four or five years. Yes, but just going mm-hmm. super slow. Wow, yeah. you guys, that's yeah. admirable. Yeah, but that's not to say we couldn't have really benefited from you know the ministry of restored and remarried as soon as <laughs> we were remarried. Yeah. I mean that the, the, the principles and the tools that your ministry have provided have been incredible um and and i think the dynamics are different with with uh sons yeah sure and daughters sure there uh there's a couple of my sons who uh there's some distance between us uh, one in particular who you know we never hear from um and um but i think leslie's right i think we're learning to let them set the terms and let things happen and uh, at their pace as opposed to trying to impose ourselves or our will of yeah. what we think sure. is is important. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that um, for his son specifically, I think that they feel like they're they're protecting their mom mm-hmm. or sh- they showing loyalty. Sure. So if they accept me at all in their dad's life, that would be being disloyal to betrayal their mom. to their yeah. mom. Yeah. We're on uh, with my side. Um, my ex-husband got remarried before I did. Um, so I think that actually was a good thing because it, it helped my kids uh, accept Steve, I think, or mm-hmm. a little earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that there was no chance of reconciliation. Yeah. And um, so th- I think that probably helped yeah. in, in my situation. Yeah. It's amazing how we're talking about adult kids and uh, yet younger kids deal with the same thing. And we actually have a podcast uh, 
that we've done talking about adult stepchildren and mm-hmm. you know people mm-hmm. that get remarried that their kids are older they think oh I'm not going to have any trouble because the kids aren't underfoot and that's <laughs> that's not that's not true. Well, a couple comments and then one last question. Um, boys take divorce harder, girls take remarriage harder. Mm-hmm. And age just as Brenda said is very ironic that adult children take it even harder because they have the wherewithal to understand what has been lost mm-hmm. or with a, maybe a younger child it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess that's, you know, what's going on. I, I want to, before we lead to the last question and kind of wrap up, is just, again, um, wanting to be gentle with hearts, especially Levor's hearts. And I want to, again, express gratitude to Steve and Leslie for sharing something that's really raw and that just being gentle with your hearts to be so... Uh, vulnerable and for those that are listening that are levors um, try to be gentle <laughs> with your hearts and the segue that I want you know Stephen Leslie to take us out with is what would you say to people that are the levors how can they be gentle with their own hearts as they step into restoration because ultimately that's what's best the opportunity for transformation is there but it may not take root if you're so hard on yourself and condemn yourself well um for me you know after i left it was months of self oh my goodness i i hated myself i mean i had taught and preached about god's grace Mm. for years but but i felt like that I'm the exception because I knew better. <laughs> and I remember going, I, I found a church to attend and I would go in, I'd sit in the back and I'd cry all through service. But I remember one time the, the special speaker that was there said, you know, there's somebody here, you know, you're really having a hard time with, with the sin that you've committed. And I have a word for you and I'll never forget. He <laughs> said, get over your bad self. Ooh, <laughs> wow. And it was like, yeah. It really dawned on me that by my not forgiving myself, I was really telling God, mm-hmm. your love isn't big enough for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how can I tell God that? Mm-hmm. So the hardest thing was to forgive myself, but then I had to realize that, that God's forgiveness and grace is big enough. Wow. I mean, the leavers, leavers are always the ones that are... The villains. We were the bad guys. <laughs> we're the ones that are vilified or that are pushed out. Nobody comes and surrounds and says it's going to be okay. They don't do that with us. They do that with the Levies, maybe. Yeah. And so that wasn't happening. You know, I was alone. Steve was alone. But um, but God never left us. Oh. And so, um, yeah, get over your bad self. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You got anything over there, man? Well, I hope so. I think... Uh, <laughs> What Leslie's sharing is just is is right on, and and I would add to that that if if I could encourage other leavers, it would be yes, we're all candidates for the grace of God. God doesn't put us into categories. He he still is a merciful God. He still is a gracious God, and his you know Lamentations three says that his mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. faithful beautiful and um if that wasn't the case you know then uh david you know the psalmist the, the man after god's own heart 
uh, would be a byword. I'll just be more blunt. We're all screwed if that's not the case. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I guess where, where I would just say um, don't allow the mistakes and the sins of the past to identify yourself, to, mm-hmm. to, to draw your identity from. Excellent. Um, take your identity from who God says you are, yeah, regardless good. of the choices you've made. Excellent. Good. And I think the, my last word to the people, the, the Levies, I think it's, well, I'll just speak from our experience that, you know, Gil and I pray all the time for our ex-spouses because more importantly than anything is we want them to come into a relationship again with Christ because it's about their salvation. And and that continues to remind us to, to forgive and we want what's best for them because bottom line, you guys, if they clean up, you know, gets right with the Lord again, who is going to be the beneficiary of that? It's going to be your kids. Mm-hmm. So once again, all this kind of points mm-hmm. back to our kids. Mm-hmm. And if we can all be, you know, forgiven and loving Jesus, I mean, our kids will have half a chance in this crazy world that we have now. So that's mm-hmm. all I got to say. <laughs> well, before we go to our final line, um, I just want to emphasize something to our listeners, because again, we want to respect everybody that's listening to this. And if you're at a place to where, you know, a lot of grace has been discussed here today, a lot of, of, of your walk with Jesus, if you don't have one and you're really getting prodded by this conversation or maybe it's ticking you off, get in touch with us at Restored and Remarried. We would be honored to speak to you because there's an opportunity for transformation even when we have to get over and forgive our bad self. And that is the whole purpose of Restored and Remarried is honestly to point people to the hope of Jesus. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there that's scientific and we can do this and we can do that. But when it comes to the matter of your heart, I only know of one healer that can do that. And uh, either he was the biggest liar or he was who he said he was. So that's enough of that. Okay, so all things considered, we thank you, Stephen Leslie, for yes, your, your time you with so us. Much. And again, want to continue to encourage everyone out there in podcast land that if you ain't got the marriage... You ain't got nothing. Join us again next time because we don't know what the heck we're going to be talking about. <laughs> okay, see you guys. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag restoredandremarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.